Howdy folks, welcome to the Newsprint Commando. I am your host, Ed Moore. Aerosol Comics, Samurai issue number five from March 1986 is the book that I'm looking at. If you want to get in touch, you can tweet me at Teal Productions or News P Commando, both on Twitter. Teal Productions is also on Blue Sky, if you happen to be over there. Teal Productions on Facebook. Teal, anyway, uh, anywhere you go, is Teal is in the color. T-E-A-L. I am IndieMan at gmail.com. Indie is I-N-D-I-E there. Comicbooknoise.com slash T-N-C is the website. Tango November Charlie T-N-C. Now, as I mentioned, Samurai issue number five, scripted by Barry Blair and Patrick McEwen. Penciled by Patrick McEwen and Wong Yap. Inks by Barry Blair and Wong Yap. Letters by Ewan Mark and Tim McEwen. Front page. Samurai is, uh, the logo is in the rising sun, black and white, uh, uh, excuse me, red and white with uh, yellow border lettering. It's a full page of, I'm not sure who this is supposed to be. It's a half face with an earring. I don't believe it's Samurai. This is a female. Maybe this is Velvet Black. Uh, could be Kamikaze, but I don't. Yeah, it's it's Kamikaze. Uh, it's supposed to be Kamikaze, his, uh, his opponent, this issue, the antagonist. Inside cover does have a bust of Samurai, uh, giving us all the druthers of the book itself, all the creatives and where it's located. Some kanji, I believe that's kanji, and at the bottom are, I don't know, words in English, but they're the English take on something else, and I'm afraid to say them out loud. I don't know what I'm saying. Front first page of the comic itself, kamikaze with a three-quarter image of her uh, bodysuit, spiky kind of hair with a headband. The story starts, we see that a... uh, a lackey of hers comes in and tells her that he's here, Kamikaze, in Tokyo. Kamikaze is her name. Kamikaze, Samurai. It's, yeah, quite a few of those memes just being thrown around like they're nothing here. Um, she retorts back, you're sure it's him? There can be no doubt, Samurai. And the sword, she says? Yes, mistress, he has it. We must proceed with caution, Peter, she says. She's walking around. Uh... Interesting. She's in a, a darkened room. Uh, th- there are shades on the window, which is giving a striped effect. Uh, she's wearing a dog collar with a bodysuit uh, that zippers in the back. One hand has a spiked uh, wristlet on, a uh, gauntlet, I guess you would call that. And the other hand looks like there are chains wrapped around her wrist. He's a dangerous man, she says. And we have the half face that is on the cover, except the earring in the story, uh, her her ear has multiple earrings, one of which a, a mini sword is dangling from, whereas on the cover it's not, her ear is not that ornately decorated, but I believe that's still her. The sword the samurai has is the hate to mine, there, or the mate, I'm sorry, the mate to mine. There is much to gain by owning them both. And he says, I think that is why he's here, mistress. The exploits of Toshira Kimura are well known. He is indeed samurai. He lives for the code of honor, as you do. He has been a spy, an assassin, a mercenary, and now he fights for his own cause like a cornered animal. We back outside of the 
building completely and we see that she says get him peter i want that sword so stepping back a little bit we know that samurai is on a quest to find the mate to his sword because they were a pair of swords that were found at one point by his father in the jungles of one of the far eastern countries during the vietnam war i I don't know if the temple that he found the swords in was in vietnam or laos or cambodia or where over there, but it's it's one of the mystic, far eastern, jungly kind of situations is where he found the swords. So we're in town, and I, I forget uh, previously it told us what town this was going to be. Um, I know Samurai started in Toronto, but now he may well be in a, a truly eastern country, eastern uh, city. Uh, pulls up in front of a... Mm, I'll guess a restaurant of some sort on his motorcycle with his sidekick Lee here. All kinds of other language on the storefront. Again, it could be Japanese kanji, but I'm not sure. He goes inside uh, very dramatically. We see that the uh, barkeep or the counter tender, whatever he's going to be, is watching as he samurai approaches from the outside. We have a panel of the door opening here with bells ringing, indicating that he's entered. He's walking past a booth with a a ruff in it and another guy that says, oh no, not again. They're sharing a bottle of sake, it looks like. Watching Samurai now in the next panels, he walks up to the counter. Samurai says, I want answers, or I break something. Kamikaze. And the tender says, no, no, talk about her. You go now. Wakaru. He says, I want to know where to find her. No, no, you go, you go, Aiku, Aiku. And then off to the side here we see, <laughs> I'm sure there's no need for violence, Mr. Kumura. You know me, he says. I know of you, sir. A gentleman in my line of work makes it his business to know many things. What line of work is that? Information, my good man. I sell scraps of knowledge. It's very profitable. Do you wish to invest in some? I know the woman you seek. I can take you to her. Interested? And the barkeep says, you go with him, you fool. You be dead soon. You see Shinda. And Samurai's side-eyeing the barkeep and says, let's go. Lee comes in and Samurai tells him, you know, what's up. And we see that this dude, that this information broker has a thing for Lee, whether it's uh, business or sexual or what it is. But it's enough that it turns Kamikaze off, uh, turns, excuse me, uh, Samurai off to Shiro head back up to the orbiting hulk of the Naganata, and we see a meeting, among others, with Velvet Black. Looks like several members of the military community and several members of the scientific community all concerned about the appearance of the Naganata battlesuits recently, uh, one of which was piloted by Hotachi Kimura, who is the brother, eh, use that loosely, of Toshiro Kimura. Actually, Hitachi is a clone of Toshira, but given his own leeway to become his own person. And so he is Hitachi. Uh, Kimura being, uh, uh, Toshiro being a great fighter, he has been cloned. And he has clones that he can use should something happen to his body. But also several of his clones are out and about as their own their own people. Kind of like uh, the um, Boba Fett, Jango Fett. All that Clone War stuff, yeah, kind of like that. Only, what, uh, 1986, so only 25 years earlier or more. 
So they're going back and forth, the scientific versus the military community, about what needs to happen now that word of the Naganata battle suit has gotten out. Ultimately, Velvet Black uh, takes the blame for anything that has happened previously that was untoward. We cut to Hotachi and one of his companions. Uh, let's see, who's this? Is this Quan? Yeah, it's Quan. Walking around. Uh, discussing what happened with the battle suit. The battle suit that Hotachi had used was sabotaged in some way. And he recognizes that by the way it was operating or, or the lack of way it was operating. We come up, we have uh, the young lad Stringfellow, who is the youngest son of the lead scientist, come up. He, he really uh, looks up to Hotachi. They all go down to the cafe here. They're eating. Somebody starts giving Hotachi a hard time about what happened. Max, uh, another one of the Gundam pilots, although it's not Gundam, it's this other battle suit, but it's it's a Gundam pilot, let's say. And uh, Hotachi quiets him by slamming his face into the table. <laughs> Stringfellow notices that uh, Hotachi's acting really, you know, really differently, and he he takes concern with it. Later on in Hotachi's room, uh, Velvet Black goes to visit him. Cut back to, okay, we're in Tokyo. Okay, I thought. Uh, later near the waterfront, we're told, as the information broker is leading Toshiro and Lee to Kamikaze's place. They're, they're in an underground, uh, sewery kind of place. The broker tells Samurai, just head half a mile in that direction and you'll find an elevator. The elevator will take you up to Kamikaze. Toshiro Samurai. I'm, I'm sorry. I keep going back and forth between uh, Samurai and Toshiro. Th those are the same people, uh, just to be definite. He gives Lee some money and the phone number to Homer Bentley and tells Lee that if I don't come back, give Homer a call and he'll set up whatever to, to take care of you. Toshiro heads on down. Uh, Lee goes out. The information broker paying some sick attention to him as he notices him go street level and continue on his way. Several panels of Toshira here showing the sword. We see that he's being watched on camera by Kamikaze. She tells Jock and Chali to go to Sector B to get him samurai and bring him to her. Jock and Chali are a couple heavily accented British Islesmen. I don't know if they're Brits or if one is British and one is Welsh or Irish or whatever, but they're heavily accented when we get to their section. Kamikaze goes to prepare, and as we will start to see from Barry Blair, it's a very uh, erotic sight as she walks to her shower, undresses, and we see her walk into a, uh, not a shower, but the shower room. We see her walk uh, and step into a bathtub. She snaps and tells Hurry, my pet, bring me my sword, and when Peter returns, send him to me. Peter, I believe, is the name of the information broker, but I can't tell 100% that that's the same person. It would make sense that it is, but I'm, I'm just not sure. Next up, uh, the office of Naganata Administrator Professor Stringfellow. Hey, Dad, can I come in and talk to you? Are you busy? No, no, what can I do for you, son? Well, it's about Hotachi, and they go back and forth. They talk about how, uh, well... The dad, scientist Stringfellow, actually talks about how Hotachi is a clone, and a lot of times the clones suffer from not having or not knowing their own identity, so they will often change things trying to find an identity that suits or fits them. 
tells his son, thanks him for telling him, uh, but basically says it's nothing to worry about. Hotachi will settle into you know himself. He will become uh, his his own person soon. But the big deal is that this lead scientist Stringfellow felt that the Naganata battle suits had been messed with also, but he didn't have any proof. And now Hotachi, he finds out, feels that same thing. So he uh, thinks that he and Hotachi need to get together and compare notes uh, on the down low away from anyone else so that the fact that maybe they are on to what is going on is not widely known. We cut back to Lee walking through Tokyo. Uh, Peter, I'll, I'll say that the information broker is Peter, finds him, uh, offers him a job. <laughs> uh, let's see, what do we want? What do we say here? Um, it's real easy stuff. In fact, you could be a movie star. What do you say? Want to be rich? And Lee's like, no. Well, there are some thugs with Peter who decide that they're going to make Lee go with Peter. And suddenly this other dude shows up out of the shadows. He's a very large, bald man wearing a black leather jacket. He handles all of these thugs one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one, probably kills several of them. But then when he's done, he bows to Lee and he drops a piece of paper or he, he bows to Lee and then walks off. Lee looks at the piece of paper that... Tashura gave him, and it says Homer Bentley, 745, you know, phone number. So Lee assumes that Homer Bentley had already set up somebody to be watching out for Lee if he was by himself. And that's who this big bald dude was, and he, he did his job and moved on. Didn't Never said a word, never uttered a sound, didn't identify himself. There's no identifiable markings on him. He's wearing, uh, looks like motorcycle boots and blue jeans, a t-shirt, a leather jacket with buckles, so... Uh, we go back down into the sewers where Charlie and – bear with me a moment – Jock, where Jock and Charlie are looking for Tashiro, sloshing around, bitch moaning about where they're at, the fact that this is the sewer. Finally, they find him, and one of them, uh, who actually has a uh, swastika tattooed on his uh, skull here uh kind of on the side of his forehead he's armed bloody hell well bollocks to that he says and he he reaches in his jacket and flings out one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve yeah a dozen dozen and a half throwing stars at tashiro and he's able to get rid of most of them but one uh socks him in the head and knocks him out jock and charlie take the sword leaving him there we go back up to the naganata uh orbital station we see that velvet is pining over toshiro at three pages of her pining then we see that uh, toshiro has floated out of the sewer system and has uh, beached himself basically on uh, the exhaust somewhere into a river or something like that looks like maybe somebody up on the shore here has seen him and is pointing down to him but it's very in the distance indistinct but what we do see is Toshiro laying face down in the water from where he was knocked out. Final page, uh, we have three panels of two people operating a chessboard. So finally the swords meet, but it's time to introduce a new piece. And we see, I don't know, we see maybe some sort of farmer or somebody whose martial art is in bow staff or something like that. They're wearing that flat 
peasanty hat that you see a lot of times in uh, samurai era movies and TV shows that the peasant, uh, the Japanese rice farmer peasants will wear that conical flat hat. Uh, ka? Is it called a ka? Nah, I forget. Then the final panel, a thousand miles away on a plane en route to Japan. We see, well, uh, what a weird phone call that was. And it's an individual whom, unfortunately, it's not Stringfellow. I don't, I don't recognize who this individual is. And that could be my memory, or it could be that this is his first appearance. Next page is the letters column. Letters, Air Cell Publishing Limited, 9 Glen Avenue, Ontario, uh, Ottawa, Ontario, K1S 2Z6. Next page, are you missing out? You can subscribe to Elf Lord or Samurai. 12 exciting issues. Um, let's see, $18 for 12 issues of either one. Also, t-shirts available. Final story page, advertisement for MapleCon 8, a science fiction and comic book convention, which is cool because in 1986, the fact that this is the eighth one, presuming there's one a year, that means it started in 78, MapleCon, Ontario, Canada. That'd been cool to go to back in the day. Guests in, uh, include Stephen R. Donaldson, author of Covenant, the Unbeliever series, which I've read. I read the first trilogy. The second trilogy, I didn't read. Uh, too Much Blood. The, the story relied on Too Much Blood. I didn't get into it. Phil Foglio, artist for Myth Adventures. And Omicron City 3. Is that a Phil Foglio or is that a different group? I can't tell by the way it's written. Plus writers and artists from Matrix and Air Cell. Well, I'm holding an Air Cell publication here. Uh, makes me want to look up Matrix and see what they did. Inside back cover, the official Samurai Fan Club invite what you get for how much? Uh, $8 US, and you get this big list of things. And then on the back is a picture, a full color picture of uh, the young string fellow holding a skateboard with all kinds of pop culture accoutrement, Barry Blair drawing. So there we go. There is the fifth issue of the Samurai series from Air Cell. Next time out, I will be looking at a Pacific comic title, Star Slayer, The Log of the Jolly Roger, issue number four. So come back for that. I will be there waiting for you. Ciao. Ciao.